Welcome to the Slutty Book Club, an uncensored, unscripted chat about romance and smutty books. I'm your host, Olivia, a book lover with far too much time on my hands and a real addiction to romance. A quick disclaimer before we get started, this is an 18 plus podcast and will be featuring mature and explicit content. So if you aren't down with romance or smut, now is the time to leave. But if you are a fan, grab yourself a little beverage and let's fall in love together. Oh man. Welcome back to the Slutty Book Club, everyone. As always, my name is Olivia and I am the host of this wonderful book club. Today is going to be a little bit of a different episode than I normally put out. Um, The book we are chatting about today is not a book that I would recommend. I'm actually really mad about it. (laughs) I read this book and almost DNF'd it. I'm not going to lie to you. And it takes a lot for me to not finish a book. When I start a book, I almost always finish it. I very rarely don't. Um, And I mean, I will not finish a series. I will like stop at a book if I don't like the series anymore, especially if it's like one of those series where it's different um, like couples. But God, I hate read the last probably 25% of this book. I really, really wanted to not finish it, but I was so far in that I just, I couldn't, I had to finish it. And I am telling you about it because if you listen to the last episode, episode seven, um, I reviewed and chatted about King of Battle and Blood, which is written by Scarlett St. Clair. And I had to do this episode today because the book I'm talking about is literally the second book in that series, Queen of Myth and Monsters. You guys, oh fuck, I hated this book so fucking much and I'm still, it's been, I want to say like a week or two since I finished it and my god, I hate it so fucking much still. I'm still so mad about it. So today's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. I'm still going to go through it and so you know, just because I don't like this book doesn't mean you won't like it. So go and give it a read. But let's, let's get into it. A disclaimer before we do, before we get into the book, there are going to be many, many, probably not as many spoilers as normal, but there's going to be spoilers for this book. And for the last book, um, the third book is yet to come out, so I can't spoil that. So if you're listening, be mindful that I will be spoiling most if not all of this book let's get into it all right so in the last episode we talked about um king of battle and blood which is the adrian and isolda book so a little overview for where we left off where we left off ravina had just attacked the castle isolda was just coronated and killed her father and her and adrian are in love So that's where the last book left off, and this book picks up right after that. So I'm going to give you the overview from Goodreads. It's fairly short, so here is the overview from Goodreads. Isolde, newly coronated queen, has finally found a king worthy of her in the vampire Adrian, but their love for each other has cost Isolde her father and her homeland. With two opposing goddesses playing mortals and vampires like chess pieces against one another, Isolde is uncertain who her allies are in the vampire stronghold of Ravika. 
Now as politics in the Red Palace grow even more underhand and a deadly blood mist threatens all of Cordova, Isolde must trust in the bond she's formed with Adrian, even as she learns troubling information about his complicated past. So that's the Goodreads <laughs> overview. It uh, really doesn't tell you very much if I'm going to rate this book overall, you guys. So the first book I rated like an 8, 8.5, and you can go read my full Goodreads uh, Goodreads review. I did a review on it already. I gave it a one out of five. And honestly, it's like, it's like a maybe a two out of 10. <laughs> this is not a good, I did not like this book, you guys. I felt like everything I loved about the first book was missing in this book. Like even the smut. So my overall rating is like a two out of 10. My smut rating, it's like a zero. The smut is, like, there's a good amount of it, so you could maybe give it a one, but it's not good. There's, like, no, the connection between Adrian and Isolde was just gone. It felt like all of their banter was gone, all of their chemistry was gone. It just, like, everything felt so forced and, like, like you left the last book and you're like, oh, they're in love. Everything's gonna be great. They're, are they? I don't, I couldn't tell in this book. Um, <laughs> and the smut is just not good. And then the way that everything unfolds and the way that everything starts to add up in this book, just none of it made any sense. <laughs> it's just like there was no substance to this book. There was nothing. The characters, all of them felt very like one dimensional, not even two dimensional, like very like flat and the plot was bad and it was just like I cannot recommend this book to you if you're reading this. The first one, I absolutely adored. It felt like the characters had substance and the plot was interesting and you got to see it unfold and the two main characters had so much chemistry and it was this very much like enemies to lovers vibe going back and forth and it just like fell apart in this book. None of the characters were the seemed like they were the same from the first book. They were written in entirely different ways. And I think that's what really pisses me off because it's like you fall in love with the characters in the first book and then you get to the second book and it's just, it's nothing. It's just absolutely nothing. So <laughs> that's how I feel about it. <laughs> and I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand by that. Okay. I will stand by my thoughts on this book, but let's, let me tell you why I don't like it. <laughs> um... Let's get into the book. I go over the big main points, and honestly, I don't have a lot of substance to tell you guys about, but I'll do it anyways. All right, let's do it. So the book begins literally like right after she's like burned her father on this pyre, and it start out starts off like right away between her and Ad her and Adrian is old and Adrian. And he like takes off to go look for Julian and one other guy, whoever like tried to the vampire guys that tried to kill them in the first book at the very end. I don't remember what their names are, but he, it's like within like 20 pages, he's like all of a sudden leaving to go off and find the last two people that betrayed them. And the city, I think it's called Calcarity, C-E-L space, C-E-R-E-D-I. Anyways, the city is attacked literally middle of the day by off-hawkers, A-U-F-H-O-C-K-E-R-S. And everyone's like, oh my god, they're normally nocturnal and now they're out in the day and they're attacking the city and it's this whole thing like Adrian has just like, the king has just ridden off 
and all of a sudden the city's being attacked again. And of course, Isolde's like, I'm queen now. I have to go help them, even though she has vampire guards and a vampire army because it's like anything happens to her adrian dies and she's so much more um she's way more likely to die than any of these vampire guards but she's like i have to go help them first of all she doesn't fucking do anything she doesn't kill any of these off hawkers i don't know what the fuck these are they're like big dogs that's what they're described as and apparently they're like later we find out they're like spirit animals or whatever but she tries to like protect the city and she ends up getting bitten. And we find out, you know, that all the people that have bitten, they basically have to kill them because there's no surviving it. But Adrian tries, comes back and tries to suck out the venom, which doesn't work because literally a few hours later, she's like shifting into this whatever big dog is. And that's how, this is how the book starts. It made no sense to me. I, this makes no sense for her character development. You know, I thought we were going to go like full into the witch thing, but no, apparently she's a shapeshifter now. Whatever the fuck that means. This really, this is where my pissed off hating this book started. (laughs) I got mad from the beginning because (laughs) they, it's like nothing has happened in this book and all of a sudden she's an entirely like supernatural being, even though she didn't want to be a vampire or anything and her ancestor's a witch, like we didn't want to lean into this witch thing, which we do eventually. So hold on. Um, and so that's a whole thing. And Adrian's just like super into her now. And they like have all this steamy sex or whatever. But I, d- I don't, I don't understand. There's the, the sex is bad guys. I'm not even going to go over the smut scenes because they're not memorable. There is literally nothing memorable about it. Um, and so after the attack, um, they hold court and this new guy shows up and he's a witch hunter and he's like, I've been given this gift by the goddess Dis to like hunt witches and he can like, there's something funky with his hand where he can like, I think he can like take lives or bring people back to life, something like that. There's something wonky about his hand. And Isolde's all in a huff about it because she's like, well, I was a witch in a past life and I'm gonna, you know, have that be my entire personality now. And Adrian has to let him stay because the villagers are obviously scared with everything going on and they take his side because they're like, witches are bad. But then Isolde's mad at Adrian because Adrian's like, you can stay even though he doesn't want him to, obviously, but he's like, I have to do what's best for my kingdom. So this witch hunter is introduced and Isolde has a whole fucking fit because even though she's not currently a witch... She was in a past life, so she's like, the witch hunter in my house. (sighs) Then we keep moving on. You guys, I'm not joking. Like, there's nothing memorable about this book. We keep moving on. There's nothing that really happens in the middle. Um, Soren tries to teach Isolde how to shift because he can shift into a hawk. But he's got weird energy and there's something going on. He's with, um, what's his face? He's with Duroc. They're like lovers. He like, Drock made Soren into a vampire early on. And so they're like lovers or something. But there's a weird energy. There's a weird thing going on there. Um, And Isolde tries to pry into it. And Soren is just like super weird about it. And he also doesn't teach her how to shift. He is absolutely fucking useless, actually. So, and then um, Anna confides in Isolde and shows her that she's actually been trying to learn witchcraft and that there's a secret library full of spells, which 
for sure is not going to come back to haunt them. And so Isolde gets it in her head. She's like, well, Ravina's the bad guy. Ravina's trying to like, you know, take, do whatever. We don't know what she's trying to do, but she's like, has taken the book of Dis, this book of spells and, you know, the red mist is all her doing. So she's like, we have to stop Ravina. And so her and Anna start trying to look for spells and trying to decipher all of these spell books and stuff. But Isolde keeps it a secret from Adrian because she's a queen and she can do whatever the fuck she wants. But they finally find a spell um, to bind Ravina's magic. And then they enlist Violet, Violetta, Violet, whatever, her lady's maid help because she remembers the story of how like Violetta was like, yeah, my ancestors were witches. And Isolde's like, gonna keep that for later. Um, But once they finally get this, like, spell figured out and they figure out a plan and they have this whole thing, then Isolde tells Adrian about the secret library. And he's like, yeah, I know. And she's like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, I know about the library. And I know that Anna is trying to, has been, like, down here or whatever. And she's like, excuse me? But he, and then she, like, tells him about the plan and he's like, not gonna try to stop you. It's not a, maybe a good idea, but, you know, if you're gonna do it, I'm gonna come with you. (sighs) And so they end up going to try to do this spell and they're like, the three of them, naked, in a lake, under the full moon, chanting, and then all of a sudden, they're attacked, right? Adrian's trying to fight whatever off. Soren's attacked, trying to fight the townspeople off and Isolde's mind just goes blank and she ends up waking up right later on after this like the next day learns that uh, is her name Violetta or is it Violet? Violetta. Her name's Violetta. (laughs) She learns that Violetta was killed by the townspeople and that Anna's in a coma because the townspeople, you know, attacked them for being witches and trying to do this. And it didn't work. Obviously, the binding didn't work. And so now old is like even more into trying to figure out how to bind Ravina's magic and also how to wake Anna up. It's like her whole thing. And mind you, like through this whole time, like Adrian and Isolde are just like, they're kind of fighting and they're kind of not connecting, even though they're having a lot of sex. Like there's a lot of smut in this book. It's not good because they have literally no connection anymore. So I don't know what that's about. Um, But as Isolde is like figuring out these spells or whatever, she finds a summoning spell, tries it just in her bedroom. I don't know why. She's like practicing or whatever and it works. And she summons Ravina in the mirror. And Ravina's like, I am just trying to restore balance. Like, I'm trying to stop Adrian. And Isolde's like, okay, whatever. Fuck you. Like, why are you trying? He doesn't need stopping. Everything's fine. And, and so she shatters the mirror and she walks away, right? Goes to Adrian's room. They're woken up in the middle of the night and they're woken up by this attack. They're being attacked by this like werewolf type creature. And Isolde's like, shit, did I close that fucking mirror portal? So she goes running off with Soren, figures out that it's coming from the mirror. Um, They have to like try to fight off the wolves and so that they can shut the portal and, you know, save people. And Isolde shifts for the first time willingly, like figures it the fuck out. She shifts for the first time at the beginning of this book, cannot figure it out for like 15 plus chapters and then all of a sudden she's like, I got it. I figured it out. We're in on it. So she shifts and then fights off these wolves in her like big dog form. And it's this whole thing. And after she's done, Soren stabs her because apparently he's the traitor. 
and tells her that he's has to kill her to stop adrian and it's just like first of all this didn't this didn't fit in soren's arc i don't know where this is coming from you know like they were buddy buddy in the first book and now they're then they've had this weird energy through the first book where they're like not friends anymore or through the second book and then he tries to kill her he stabs her make it make sense um but then he takes off adrian finds her and she's like not even i can you know heal from this unless you turn me so what does adrian do turns her into a vampire of course of course because what else what else would they do? And so then she goes through like a three plus day transition or whatever where she's just sleeping and fucking and drinking Adrian's blood. It's like a whole weird thing. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's not hot. It's the vampires in this book, not hot, you guys. I don't know. I don't, (laughs) oh, this book is so frustrating. And then at the end of the book, all right, we find out that one of the guys um in the little traitor band from the first book julian he's gone off and partnered with this other kingdom and has turned their entire army into vampires and now they're that newly turned vampire army is gonna attack laura and try to take it and so isolde's like we gotta go we gotta go do this we gotta go save laura and take back my kingdom and so we get travel days they take the whole vampire army, everyone's moving, everyone's going. You know, Adrian's not happy about this, but he's like, I guess we gotta. And then, you know, we've had little snippets of like people warning Isolde about Adrian, how he's being controlled by the goddess Dis or whatever. And so we get some like news and information about how the goddess Asha, which is the twin to the goddess Dis, or like the opposite, I guess you could say has created some whatever incarnate that has like come on the earth to be the hand of asha like adrian is the hand on earth of for dis there's some new thing about this and adrian's fucking pissed and then we find out that dis has been taking over adrian's body all right so it happens while they're on the road and he adrian while being controlled by just tries to hurt azolda because the goddess is mad because Adrian wants to be free of her and he isn't doing what Dis wants anymore. And so Dis, through Adrian, you know, tries to hurt Isolde because she's the reason that he wants to be free of her now and it's this whole thing. So now Isolde's like, mm, I don't know about you, dude. Like, <laughs> is this going to keep happening? Like, what's going on? Why didn't you tell me about this? Like, she like feels like in her head, she's trying to piece it together. She's like, mm, maybe people were trying to tell me about this so that night she has like a premonition or whatever and in the middle of the night before the battle she goes and essentially like walks into this lake and has this like lengthy talk with her dead mom in some ancestral plane once they start traveling with this army that's where i started hate reading you guys this is where I started hate reading. She has a chat with her dead mom and her dead mom's like, you are descended from a long line of strong witches like every woman is. And she's like, oh, I'm not only a vampire and a shapeshifter, I've always been a witch. And her mom's like, you just have to trust yourself and connect with the earth. And then as older realizes, she's like, I gotta bring it all together so that we can win this battle and take back my country. And so after she goes and talks to her dead mom, she goes and battles one of these like 
Avhaker alphas or whatever and like takes over this huge pack and then comes back for the battle of for Laura. Laura? Laura? Whatever. And like brings them with, you know, to be part of the army. And then the last final parts are the actual battle for Laura where we learn Okay, that Anna, who's in a coma, is actually Ravina. It's all been a ruse. And they're like going back and forth. And Anna's like, I'm just trying to bring balance back to the world. Like, it's I'm the one that helped create the hand for Asha. Like, I'm on that side. Like, I'm just trying to restore balance. And then she drops this like bomb on Isolde where she's like, You were pregnant before you died in your past life. And I don't know why, but Isolde like fixates on this. (laughs) like and that's where the book ends and she's like i was adrian walks in and she's like in her head she's like i was carrying your child and that's like the whole ending not that anna's ravina you know that's not what she's thinking about she's like oh a child i never you know in a past life that wasn't me that i could have had and now can't have (sighs) that's where the book ends that's the whole book you guys those are the big things this book has no substance anyways my final thoughts on this book (laughs) uh y'all know i can't fucking recommend it to you i just really can't there's so many things wrong with this book the storyline makes no sense first of all with Zolda becoming some shapeshifter and then you know ends up being a vampire and then also somehow ends up being a witch it's like what okay um sure and then and then this whole, I do like the storyline of Anna actually being Ravina. I think that's fun. Um, I'm also interested to see where this goes with the goddess of Dis taking over Adrian. Because I felt like the goddesses should have played a bigger role in this series than they do. Um, so I feel like we should have leaned heavier into this like witch and goddess thing instead of bringing in all this other stuff. Um, I just, I feel like it could have been better, you guys. I was so, so beyond disappointed because, I mean, like, listen, listen, this author is like subpar on a good day, but I have a good time reading the books. So it's like, yeah, I'm giving up good writing for, you know, having a good time, which I often do and I'm okay with that, but it was bad writing, bad time. That's the thing. It's just like you read this book and Every single thought that goes through your head after each like big event, you're just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? It's just like, I would rather go back and read Twilight than read this bullshit. There's so many better vampire books out there. And also like her other series, um, the Hades and Persephone series, I liked that one so much better. Like, yeah, it dragged on a little bit into the third book, but still way better than this book. I would re- I would recommend A Touch of Darkness far more than I will A King of Battle and Blood or Queen of Myth and Monsters because at least that series seemed cohesive. I just like there aren't that many books where I really am adamant that it's a bad book and this one just is. I'm s- I'm so mad about it. That's really what it is. So, recommendations go read I don't even fucking know anymore you guys. I just read um pucking around oh my god who the fuck is it by it's fine i have it on my kindle hold on 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's loading. Um, Pucking Around by Emily Rath. Wraith? R-A-T-H. Pucking Around. So good. It's a Why Choose professional hockey romance. I can recommend that book to you. It was um a good read. The characters were a little much sometimes. And then um, any other books that I've read lately that I can recommend? No, actually. <laughs> no, I can't. Um... Emily Henry's coming out with a new book. Um, I don't know, you guys. I need a good vampire book because this this totally ruined fantasy for me. I was on such a fantasy kick, and then I read this book, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm I'm done. I'm done." I just like I couldn't continue on, and I'm so mad about it because I have so many more fantasy books that I have to read. So I don't know. I would go read. I would recommend Pucking Around if you like a white choose and hockey romance. Maybe I'll do an episode on that if you guys are interested. But um, any other vampire books I can recommend. Um, I still haven't read Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff, but any book by Jay Kristoff is fantastic. So. I want, you guys need to give me recommendations because I don't fucking know. I don't have any vampire books to recommend. Sorry, guys. Anyways, that's the episode. It was a shorter one this week because I fucking hated the book. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's also, if you're listen, listening to this as it, the day it comes out, it's a little late. I Easter was this last weekend and it was kind of busy um, last few weeks, so I'm a few days late. Sorry. But if you like this episode or if you just liked previous episodes and want to know when the next one comes out, you can come follow us on Instagram. It's The Slutty Book Club on Instagram. I post any podcast news like new episodes as well as book recommendations or books that I disliked um, and then what I'm currently reading. If you are interested in book recs, I am posting and trying to review all of the books I've read and read this year on Goodreads. I recently got caught up on a bunch of um, reviews, so there should be more there now. And the link for that is www.goodreads.com slash TSBC for the Slutty Book Club, as well as find our previous episodes on most places you listen to podcasts and via our Buzzsprout site. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful time reading your books and fall in love once again. I'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.